Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. Have you been afraid enough today? Because if you haven't, you should know that our government, who only exists to help us, allegedly, is warning us of a national security threat. The tyrants, Seth, Spots, and Thieves are warning us of a national security threat? Is it them? Are they warning us of us? Aren't they warning warning us of them, finally? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably not, because they're our saviors. I even got a little annoyed because I don't know who's running the Free State Project's Twitter right now, but they tweeted the other day, like, politicians are our servants, not our um, masters, and we need them to remember that. And I just commented, ew, I don't want them to be either one. It's, they're yeah, parasites. It's, yeah, They're the parasite class for sure, and it's nice... To think that they might be our servants, but the reality is they're not our servants. They think they're they are our leaders. These tyrants, despots, and thieves think they own us, think they rule us, and think they have the right to impose their will upon us. Except they don't. They're just people with titles. Well, they shouldn't, but they kind of do. Well, it doesn't change that they have a right, but they have grabbed the power that enables them to do that. I also agree with you, Bonnie. I don't like the, like, oh, they're our servant. Like, I don't want them to be our servants. I think that's weird. Like, either, like, I I just think that the position shouldn't exist. Right. Uh, And it's, it's weird for, like, I don't want them to serve me. I don't want them to speak on my behalf, to represent me. I don't either. I don't want to participate. It's like, I don't need Joe Biden who can't even stand trial because he's not mentally equipped to, to like protect me. I don't, I don't need that. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be our servant. Okay. No, these people definitely aren't our servants and I don't want Joe Biden protecting me either. I think I can do my best at protecting myself or hire someone else to do it. Right. I don't want even like down to the level of the cops. I don't really want them to protect me either, but. That, that's a little bit of a tangent, um, just because of the fact they are, quote-unquote, public servants in D.C., the tyrants and despots and parasites and thugs, are warning us that the parasite class in Russia is now a threat to us because of what? Because of nukes in space. Oh, well, I thought the U.S. government had a... I thought the tyrants in the U.S. Uh, Parasite class had their own nukes in space. I didn't know they had them in space, to be honest. I but I didn't. I don't. I didn't think they were in space. Yeah, I don't think they're in space. But you know, they they do have a space force, and they could easily put them in space. Yeah, that's a good point. And they also have already gotten those rods of the thunder or whatever oh, they call them. Yeah, yeah. I think they yeah. have those. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, that I forgot about that. But it's creepy. It is creepy. It's like a. <laughs> it's like something that you would think. A villain in like a superhero movie would do. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't sound like something that real human beings should be doing. Like I don't understand the whole idea that you think you're doing anything good working for the US government creating nukes and stuff, but at the point where you're creating like a giant rod that drops from space and lands on the ground and kills people because it's hit at such speed, which is what the rods of thunder things I referred to are. How can you possibly not think this is evil like i i don't know uh, maybe n- nukes they're kind of less personal you're like it just ex- evaporates them they don't even feel it i don't i don't know yeah yeah it seems I'm trying like to put myself in, in the headspace of a psychopath so. it's hard yeah. yeah it's definitely really hard because 
We don't think like Seneca Pass. We don't think that, oh, we're going to vaporize people. It's going to be so great. We don't think that way. <laughs> and, you know, we we haven't really graduated from cavemen throwing rocks and beating each other with sticks, except now our rocks and sticks are are more uh, distant, shall we say. They're, they're more projectile-like and more deadly. And it's like, have we really learned the lessons from history that we need to stop killing each other? Yeah, it seems to me that that is the obvious um, direction to go. That's why I still call myself a progressive, partially to um, set off the annoying conservatarian republic, republic or, sorry, conservatarian libertarians, but also because the definition of the word literally describes what all libertarians should agree that they are, just people who want humanity to progress forward and do better every day and well, that should be the obvious goal is let's do better every single day. That's why we're here. We're here to learn how to love each other and care about each other. We don't need a parasitic ruling class to tell us to love and care each other by stealing money from us or stealing money from our neighbor just so we can care about the homeless or care about their favorite political program. Yep. Um, I And we also don't need them to kill people for us or tell us that the other gang members, the other gangs, are worse than the gang that they are. Right. So this is from abc7news.com. It says, Republican warning of national security threat is about Russia wanting nukes in space. I heard that Bitcoin yeah. went up over 50K today. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, interesting. Like, right after they steal 107 Bitcoins from Ian, they, or at least officially own it, I guess. Ugh. That's disgusting. It is a little disgusting. It's really sad what they're doing to Ian. And, you know, I saw an article. I think Bonnie saw the same article where they talked about how much the settlement was actually going to be. Oh, um, do you mean how much he's he is being ordered to give to the quote unquote victims in yep. the case? The quote unquote victims. Yeah. So they're taking way more than this in general because they're taking a cut for themselves, of course, that's way oh. bigger than any quote unquote uh, vulnerable victim. Is Why do they get. have to take a, take a cut instead of giving everything to the quote unquote victims? Right. That like, makes no because sense. that's the whole point. That's what they wanted. If this the was, whole time. this is the same situation as what we've been talking about since the beginning of, of this show, the government making it seem like they're helping the people, the poor people, the people who have been stolen from, blah, 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 the victims of crime or whatever. But in reality, it's actually all about helping themselves. Um, so they're taking, a, just just in the Bitcoin aspect alone, n- ignoring the fact that Cassatius Bitcoins uh, have BCH on them, so Bitcoin Cash and um, something else, uh, BSV on them. Uh-huh. Ignoring the dollars, ignoring the gold. So... They they took way more money than this, but and I I just like didn't do the math on it because it's like whatever it's been missing for so long because it was stolen in March of 2021. Um, so just talking Bitcoin only, they're taking over five million dollars in Bitcoin, and only three point four I think it was um is going to the quote unquote victims. So the government's taking a paycheck and, and part of that also goes to the IRS, which is like now being called a victim, I guess. I, I don't know. It, you know, the, the parasite class isn't the victim here. They can find ways to get paid. They're always going to get paid. They are not the victims. There were no victims in this case. And the thing is like everybody who took a plea deal that was arrested alongside Ian and then ended up taking plea deals at their sentencing hearing, the judge 
made it clear and the prosecution made it clear. They were like, there aren't any victims in this case. But that's how at the end, at you know, the the verdict stage of Ian's trial, they also made that clear. Yeah, right. And then all of a sudden, once it came to sentencing, they bring victims out. And I yeah, think, well, it just doesn't seem they like... They said that their their um, explanation for that, it's really shoddy and annoying and dumb, but um, they say that, oh, the we can infer that the jury jury believed that. It, it's, like, so stupid. As soon as there's a conviction, they can, no. like, start talking in different terms. There shouldn't... Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, this is all fake. It's mm-hmm. all made up. Like, the whole entire criminal justice system is completely fake. It's completely made up. And it's just they, they make up the rules as they go, and they can essentially do whatever they want. And it's disgusting and despicable. Oh, it is. How how are they going to say, oh, we could just assume what the jury thinks? Right. That just doesn't seem... And I mean, the jury was composed of a bunch of idiots. Yeah. So I'm sure they did think that. But it just oh, seems come like on, Nikki. there Surely... isn't space for like assumptions. You know what I mean? Like in a court of law, you'd think things would need to be more structured. Oh, I yeah. agree. And it can't Definitely. just be based off of like what some guy in a dress thinks. You know <laughs> what I mean? Some like, freaking come on. Random people picked off the side of the road who are not experts in anything. It's it's like well, they literally weren't allowed to be. Like, yeah. if they weren't allowed knew... to know about Bitcoin, were they? Yeah. Right. No. Correct. If, yeah. if anyone knew anything about Bitcoin, like if they even had like heard of it or had any knowledge, they were not allowed to be on the jury. How is that? And I know we've kind of like drilled into this several times on the show, but it's just seriously like, how could we even say that that those are Ian's peers? Yeah. When they're at, they don't even have anywhere near the same level of understanding. Yeah. So it's just crazy. for context, I feel like we get into this a lot and, and then I forget all of a sudden that I'm not just like sitting in my living room talking to my <laughs> friends about it. But um, Ian Freeman, he was convicted of, I think, like seven different crimes um, in connection to his um, selling Bitcoin peer to peer online. And um, so because of that, and he's the founder of our show ian freeman and he's my husband and he's in jail right now because a jury of random people he doesn't know decided that he was conspiring to money launder and that he owed the irs and he knew about it which is so stupid because there was no evidence of that and he's appealing and i honestly really think he's going to win at least some of the charges if not all of them on appeal and um, but until then, he just has to be in jail, even though it's uh, like he's not a danger to, to society. And he, he hasn't was killed anybody or harmed anybody. Right. And physically. people kill people, get out. Well, there are sooner. I, than that I agree sometimes. that there are victims in this case, but not as a result of like Ian didn't. Ian is not the perpetrator in this right. case. Right. Yeah. So, right. So like, like there were scam victims, but that wasn't Ian's fault. And I'm going to go straight into the phones. We have Scott from New Hampshire calling in. Scott, what's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Bonnie? Uh, hey. Not much. I was just calling in, um, seeing if you wanted to talk about Malay or um, any other topics. I definitely want to talk about Malay. So I haven't been able to really, really follow it. I've just um, been kind of busy this week, but I know that a lot has been going on there. I see it in the group chat that... Um, the, well, and also I read his really cool statement that he put out since you were last on the show to talk Malay about Malay, because he tried to put this omnibus bill through their Congress and it passed the first part, like I think the equivalent of their house, Scott, Scott will know. And then 
I I'm not sure what happened, but somehow the government is like forcing it away. Like, huh? So I haven't heard anything about any of this. Yeah, so I this haven't is heard like much my, either. So yeah, this is my let's first hear some time. updates. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a part of Malay's agenda was to cut spending, stru- cut the cut the structural part of government, and allow them to cut down on crime, cut down on corruption, etc. And uh, he put he did an, uh, an omnibus bill, which was an accumulation of a bunch of laws. And this was everything from legalizing homeschooling to uh, allowing people to defend themselves um, um, from crimes to uh, privatizing cor- companies to uh, and, and it goes on and on. There were 600 articles. Wow. Do you know if there's what, anything what that. Like you would oppose in the bill that that's the one thing I really wished I had time to like read through it. But like you said, it's it's huge. That's what omnibus bills basically usually are. Was there anything right. in it that would be kind of bad? And maybe we should be happy that that part didn't pass or anything. Um, I I don't I don't think there was. It was the most libertarian bill in the history of humankind. Huh. And interesting. Um, um, was there, 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 there might've been a few, a few aspects of it that the, uh, Malay, the PRO, the center, center right party wasn't the center right party put into it that weren't, that weren't great. Um, I know there was one or two environmental things that was, that was put into it. They weren't substantial, hmm. but they were kind of uh some they were kind of some anti or some anti global warming stuff that the uh not Malay party but the PRO party put in there but it wasn't it wasn't anything terribly substantial and um this part of getting things passed is you need to make a few compromises um but what happened was it passed the it passed well, it passed in general in the House. So about 56% of the, the deputies, the congressmen and women, um, they're, they're called deputies, voted for it. So in general, it passed. They, they did a like a, a several weeks long session, uh, commission session to figure out what they can put into the bill. So they put in si- 600 articles, and this is where they might have put in a couple anti-liberty things, but the vast majority was extremely liberty-focused. Yeah, that's good. The, How big was this bill? Uh, there were 600 articles, okay. so, uh, which is like kind of like 600 laws, 600 things that were going to be changed. That's quite um, a few. That's quite a bit. I mean... Yeah, is, is that the size of a typical should. omnibus bill? Yeah, omnibus bill in the United States. I mean, um, the omnibus are totally different. The omnibus bills in the United States are just pork projects and uh, spending okay. projects. This was had no spending projects. Hmm. This had government <laughs> cutting projects. They were uh, going going to try to privatize every government business for example um and and put make and criminalize uh violent crimes and and that sort of thing um most of which that a libertarian would agree with um so it's very different than our bill um and even 
like I said, homeschooling was was something that Malay, uh, believe it or not, Argentina bans homeschooling. Really? That's crazy to so, me. That's crazy. Yeah, it's quite crazy. So, and that was in it. Um, and Argentina basically bans uh, self defense. It has to be quote unquote proportional. Huh. So if somebody's stealing it from you. Um, basically you can't do anything really against them because they're stealing from you, but they're not violently attacking you. They're just stealing from you. Uh, so it, it, it really, um, um, it, it basically makes people in Argentina sitting ducks to criminals. We can advocate for freedom through government programs or government means all we want, but people's hearts have to change. You have to you have to convince people that liberty is more important than government programs, and that's really hard to do. Cultural changes don't come from the top down; they come from the bottom up, typically. Yeah, that's 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 true. Malay uh, had to develop and 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 grow a whole base of supporters. I'm sure he did. Really, it's exciting. That really, um, yeah, that really spread his message uh, decentralized message and they really dominated the social net networks and malay still pretty much dominates the social networks sounds kind of like ron um, paul so, you know like he was getting right. crazy big on myspace while the other politicians were yeah. not getting talked about on there at all and like all the young people really loved ron paul they just like really pushed him down and honestly i think the voting in the united states is just fake and they just got rid of well, what do you think about this scott i heard that they had just gotten rid of electronic voting like the year that this was like the first election where there was an electronic voting do you think that helped it be more honest and helped javier win javier malay win um yeah, yes, uh, there was a lot of fraud um, still, um, but wow. yes, uh, I think it did help him. I think it did help him. I don't, I don't know how unreliable electronic voting is. I wouldn't trust it. But yes, they they use paper ballots, and um, the he definitely in in the um, general election there was tons of fraud. There was there were certain towns at Massa the. Uh, the 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 Kirshner Peronis got a hundred percent of the vote, which is yeah impossible. impossible. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there was a bunch of towns like that, especially in this um, one of the provinces. So, um, so and the second time around, however, uh, both Malay and his new partners, kind of the, the, the center right, all volunteered to be like vote counters. And the amount of fraud went way down, and and Malay, uh, he went from thirty percent to fifty six percent. So, um, yeah, I think that there's there's some truth to that. I um I I know that I thought they that they, the the paper ballots have always been a thing though. There, um, hmm, okay. I, I I would I would have to look into the electronic. Um, I, I have no, I, I don't see why the Kirchners, if they have power, would try to make an election, and, and they did have power the last four years, would try to make an election more more fair. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Yeah, someone someone doesn't like to have a fair election, obviously, because they got to keep their people in power, and if we let the people really have the power to vote, then we can't have that. There might be a rebellion. I I just like I wanted to know what you thought about that because it's like I hear some people 
talk about how Javier Malay is just a psyop. Um, and that means that basically, like, the government would be doing psychological warfare against the people by, like, tricking them into voting for this guy, and he's going to do change, and then re- in reality, he's just a puppet the whole time. Does that um, mean that, in in their opinion, Donald Trump is a puppet, too? Well, I think that this is, like, libertarians that are saying that, so I'm sure they yeah. believe that Trump is also a puppet. I mean, he is. I mean, it's so obvious. Sure. But the thing is, Trump said all these things. And whether you agree with it or not, like, it doesn't matter. He said he was going to do all those things. He got into office and immediately did not do any of them and had four years and didn't do any of it. And um, Javier Malay got in and basically immediately started changing things. A lot. Yeah, he got a lot done immediately. Malay figured out that he and his uh, economics minister figured out that they can still do his economic program without the basis law. And what they're doing is just cutting spending um, to an extreme degree, more than any probably government has done before. Wow. Um, Unless, like, sometimes they're cutting spending, like, uh, after a war, sometimes they cut all the military spending. The United States did that, has done that. But um, this is peacetime. And... um, in the first month, they have cut spending um, from month or from uh, December. For the first month, Javier Malay has been in office. He's cut spending forty percent of the of the federal government. Wow, that's office. actually really good. From, from, Crazy. From the previous year, and which is insane. So. People on like like all the detractors, like maybe I shouldn't focus on them so much, but it's just like I, it's good to hear what the other side is saying and then be able to um, respond to it. Well. All of his detractors, like American libertarians that just can't believe this is real. I, I don't know if maybe some of them really need there to be an enemy so bad that this is like giving them some kind of cod- cognitive dissonance. Yeah. But um, so they keep saying, oh, he's just throwing crumbs to his supporters. 40% from last year is not just crumbs. No, it's really not. I mean, if he was just throwing crumbs, he would do it in small amounts or just be like Donald Trump. Right. No, I mean, like the first day he he he, he was in office, he cut the ministries from uh, eleven to or nine. Excuse me, nineteen to nine. So he cut ten ministries. If you recall, the Afuera. That was Afuera, just the first Afuera. day. Wow. The first day he did that. That's and then he cut insane. Later on. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's really yeah, good. And he he cut those uh, political appoint, appointment uh, um, appointments by forty percent within the first few days. Um, he's fired over 50, 50,000 employees. Um, when, when he cut those ministries, they, they, um, they, uh, eliminated, this is what he said on Italian, uh, TV, Malay, which was a great segment. <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, he's, uh, they eliminated 200,000 social programs. And wow. this is, I mean, they, they eliminated like the, the subsidies to art. They eliminated, uh, all these type of uh, subsidies uh, they give to people for not to not work, basically, um, and um, it's all just trying uh, jobs. It's all just trying to get you know political consolidate political sport. You you know pay people to vote for you type of stuff. He uh, the the government paid for the the journalist, so they subsidized the journalist. They called it the guidelines J- journalist and artist. He cut that within the first week. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, 
50, 50,000 employees. Uh, there was just uh, in that. So he on whatever he could do on his side. Oh, he cut all the uh, infrastructure projects. I talked about this last time, uh, which is the source of corruption in Argentina. So uh, with all this, he was able to cut the the budget 40 percent. And here's what he's doing now um, because of the fact that they couldn't pass the basis law. um, He still wanted to he still wants to get his uh, economic agenda done, which is not to have a a deficit. And um, so he uh, Malay is cutting almost all the transfers all the, the the transfers from the federal government to the provinces, they cut them 98%, which which is insane. He cut 98% of the, the money collected by the federal government to the provinces. Uh, it's usually for transportation. And uh, this, this is just, uh, and he threatened to do it, but I don't think any of the governors actually thought he was going to do it. Hmm. Um, so- if they didn't pass the basis law. And he has done that since once the basis law failed, he cut all of the uh, spending to the, the provinces. Um, are they retaliating? Are they retaliating in any way? Do they have any way to like somehow veto it? Um, yeah. So today, uh, the the, pro- the governor of Buenos Aires, which is a just a a total. Um, don't, we can't cuss uh, on the radio. <laughs> I'm not going to cuss, but not not a very smart guy. Uh, oh, okay. Very very stupid individual, but a very corrupt individual. Mm-hmm. Um, he he um, has um, he he has sued the federal government. And there's several other governors that have sued the federal government, demanding that they get their their transfers. When the economy is so bad that your your life is stressful. And you have to focus on like how do you how are you going to feed yourself tonight, right? Then that, that changes your perspective on things, and um, that, that's one reason why Javier Malay was elected, um, and why they they seem to be Kirchnerism seems to be a bad word right now in Argentina. That's good. Um, other question I have was, isn't she? Christina uh, Kirshner, isn't she the one that Madonna sang a song about? Or was that some dead person? Um, I, she might have been. I, I, I don't know. I'd have to look into that. I mean, she was popular um, on the world stage. It's like an older song, too, um, so she might have been more popular back then. Um, um, yeah, from she, was, she, she got elected first in 2007, so... Hmm. Um, the other thing I was going to say about this whole situation is I think we should read a little bit of this statement from Javier Malay. It's so based that it can bring like tears to your eyes in some parts. Um, and whenever I read it, I thought, okay, well, these are words. So what's he going to do about it? And it sounds to me like what you're saying as far as him not sending money to the provinces um, of the you know, with the governors who are not passing his bills, it sounds like he actually is doing something. It was a bit like, I don't want to say threatening, like he's threatening to hurt someone, but he was kind of giving them like a warning before doing something. And I wasn't sure what he was on about, but I'm going to read a little bit of it. It's, it's He titled it and he posted this on like Twitter and probably his other anywhere else where a president would put out a statement. But I saw it on Twitter. He titled it Change of Rules. 
the national government assumed the responsibility of fixing the fundamental problems. So he's talking about himself, like his regime or whatever, that our country suffers from inflation, insecurity and the privileges of politicians. We came to propose a model different from the impoverishing model of the last 100 years. And we came to do it for the Argentines with the truth in one hand and freedom in the other. We did not come here to continue playing the same impoverishing game played by politicians as always. We did not come here to make spurious packs against the interests of the Argentines, and we are not going to be accomplices in the game of the same old parasites who live at the expense of the Argentines. Well, there's a lot more to it, but one thing I've got to say right off the bat is why... I just don't understand. Why would, if this was all a ploy and he was actually going to usher in the new world order in Argentina, it's like, why would they, quote unquote, them, they and those have him be saying stuff this awesome, like pointing out that the the government has been living like parasites at the expense of the average Argentine. It, it's just, it doesn't make sense logically. I agree with you, Bonnie. I think the people who say that this is a psyop are generally the types who are always looking for conspiracies around every single corner. Right. Yeah, they like refuse to admit that maybe yeah. something is good for once. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it sounded to me like he's like, you know, mad, mad about something. And from what Scott's telling us, it's basically that they're not they're, the government is working so hard against him to let him like get stuff done. Right, Scott? Yeah, they would have uh, just elected Massa. Um, Massa, his whole um, um, the, the opponent to Malay, his, his his solution to inflation was a central bank digital currency. Wow. He wanted to create an Argentinian FBI. He wanted to have mass surveillance. Um, he was the guy that they would have wanted. <laughs> um, Malay is the the complete opposite. Uh, and uh, deregulating takes the power away from the government. Um, you, you know, if you take the power away from the government, then you can't do all of your um, one world government stuff. So I, uh, I, I just I just think it was a unique situation in Argentina um, and uh, or a company, a country that that has had crises after crises and the people were finally just fed up with it. And uh, sometimes I, I, I don't think that this, this quote unquote one world government is omnipresent and controls every election and every country. Uh, I just don't believe that. I, I don't think these people are, I, I think they do have some political power for sure. And, um, but I don't think that they are, omnipresent and um i just i i I feel like it's almost religious Hmm. at that point do you you think that this one world government controls everything uh it's almost like your own religion hey daily digestion listeners this is riley blake i enjoy free talk live and i know you do too but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy so i produce the daily digest I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. 
Honestly, I have been one of those people who thinks, oh, the government is omnipresent. They can do whatever they want. The globalists are everywhere. They're coming to infiltrate every part of society. And the Alex Jones types. Like, the thing is, when I was in 2011, so however old I was then, I guess 14, I found out about MKUltra. It was, it was like, it, that's before Stranger Things. So, like, I was the only person I knew that knew about it, like, yeah. at least my age. And I was reading all kinds of crazy things on the internet about it. MKUltra is a real thing that happened where the government took citizens, whether they had signed their lives away with the military or just like taking disabled people like off the streets Mm -hmm. and did crazy testing on them, like sleep deprivation, torture, um, electroshock therapy, just to see what it would do to them to try to create um, new personalities in their brains. And um, if you don't know about that, like you should know that the United States government has done that. And it's important and to know they're that. they're probably still doing that. Right. And there's like um, this whole story about how, it, oh, well, they totally ended that, you know. But so the thing is, uh, that's always been like a huge fear of mine. Like, oh, like if I know too much or if I uh, start talking out, like the government can just snatch you up and do whatever you want. And then like my house got raided by the FBI. It kind of does feel <laughs> that way. Yeah. like. But there is also people that go so far off the deep end that they believe they're like a targeted individual. Maybe they are. I'm not trying to say that none of that is true or anything. But I have always had this feeling like I can either think that the government is like all powerful and they could do whatever they want in this realm and like evil is winning or I can just not believe that. Yeah. And it's whenever you have some kind of tangible evidence that is working against that. I think you should re- re- resist the urge to be like, that's not possible. The government's too powerful. The government's going to win. You know, not just the government, yeah. but like the evil people in the world. Well, the evil people can't win because love always wins and they don't love. They they want to control. They want to establish dominance over you. And dominance comes from a place of fear. Hmm. Fear is a place of control. And so love is going to win. Light always tries out darkness. These people will eventually die, and eventually goodness will reign over the earth. That's you, just my opinion. Are you guys familiar with the work of Byron Katie? No. no. So she uh, is very interesting. I highly recommend Byron Katie's books. Um, but essentially one of her, like I guess, principles or philosophies or tools that you can use when you're having you know, a thought that's troubling or if you're having like a... Um, like an issue within a relationship with another person, um, there's a line of questioning that you can use to kind of help you through that to to achieve like more peace in your life, essentially, and just more like live more joyfully. Oh, that's really and cool. I love Byron Kate, like amazing work. I like I said, I highly recommend even maybe listening to our podcast, reading a book, whatever. Um, but one of the one of the things is is the first question would be like, okay, so like your example of like the government's all powerful and they're coming after me like that doom and gloom thing in, in regards to like the state and the government. Mm-hmm. Um, the first line of questioning is, do you know that like, is that true? Like a fact that you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that true? And then you would say like, yeah, yeah, it's true. Do you absolutely like unequivocally, unequivocally know that that's true? All right. Well, like once you really think about it, no, mm-hmm. I don't. Um, and then the next question is what, like, who are you when you think that thought, Hmm. who would you be without that thought? Hmm. Can you think of a stress free, a stress free reason to keep thinking that thought? 
So essentially, like, you know, obviously, like, I think it's important, like, a lot of what we do on the show, like, in the activism that we do is to kind of shed light on a lot of, like, the atrocities that are going on in the world and a lot of the corruption in the government. And I think that knowledge is power. But I think if we become too obsessed with it, like, there needs to be a balance. Like, we can oh, get I on the agree. radio and, and tell people about it. But I think, like, you know, like, once I start driving home after we do the show, I try to kind of balance out my thinking because I think when we become a little too obsessed with it, like some people do and get like a little too paranoid, then it's like you, it's not only like, ne- then it goes from, it's not the government that's ruining it, your life. Mm. It is you, your yeah. line of thinking is making you unhappy. It's making you stressed out. It's making you sick. So it's like, and I know like the government, like for a lot of libertarian anarchist folks, it's like, that's an easy scapegoat to be like, well, I mean, obviously like they're doing awful atrocious things and like, committing terrible crimes like that is i would say a fact but like there needs to be some balance in our thinking um and i just like that's kind of what i heard you saying bonnie um i think that's awesome that's an interesting um a good way to try to stay present and not just like feed into negative thoughts i mean it's really changed like the work of byron katie and just kind of and it's like real simple like four questions and you can kind of like elaborate it on like a little bit okay um but for me like it's really changed my life even just like in like within like personal relationships in my life to be able to kind of like analyze things from that perspective um has been really really helpful for me alu from the I almost said North America. (laughs) Technically, he is from North America. (laughs) From New Hampshire. Alu, what's on your mind? The free state of New Hampshire. Yeah, I am from the free, soon-to-be Republic of New Hampshire. (laughs) And I heard a a while ago, I meant to correct someone on the show, I heard a while ago, someone was talking about gun laws, and they were confused about handgun laws. The the reason for handguns, so that's pistols and revolvers, um, the reason why it's, it's a little tougher to buy them in a gun store is any federally licensed gun store, so any, any like uh, gun store that's legal, to sell a handgun, the person has to be 21, not 18, and they have to have an ID of the state that they're currently in. So in New Hampshire, you have to have a New Hampshire ID to buy a handgun. Um, so you have to live here, and you have to be 21. What and was the... Sorry, I just want to be able to follow. Um, what was the thing that someone said that was incorrect about the gun laws exactly? I, I don't I, think I was on. I forgot. I think it was like 34 trillion shows ago. Um, I wrote it down in my notes to correct Free Talk Live, and I, I so it's from a long time ago. But just to clarify for everyone, it's a federal law. Federal law says mm-hmm. you have to be 21 to buy a handgun, and you have to have an ID of the state that you're in okay. to buy that handgun. You have to live there. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's one more thing people don't think about. They think maybe that's a state law, or most people are ignorant of that law. But it's one more thing that people don't realize. It's a federal law, meaning once we do secede, that goes away. There are so many other things that are federal in nature that we don't realize are federal laws that would go away once we're independent. Speaking of that, there was another thing um, that I knew knew you wanted people to bring up. There was a caller who's called in several times now. Um, I don't remember his name, but his question for us was like a big topic of um, conversation on the show on Thursday. And he basically said he doesn't support secession and Mark agreed with him because... There isn't a plan. And I wa- yeah. I've re- neglected to point out that a great resource for learning about the way things could go down in the case of secession is Alu's book, 
um, Articles of Secession by Alu Axelman. Or is it is it under yeah. Elliot Axelman? Like, should I say that? Yes, both. On Amazon, it's officially Elliot Alu Axelman. Oh, okay. Okay. I haven't really thought about that. So it's on Amazon, paperback, ebook, and audiobook on Audible, narrated by the great Adrian Besson, who did the Free Ross Railroaded series. He's a tremendous, super serious professional narrator. Oh, wow. Nice. That's really cool. And he's a voluntarist. Yep. Nice. So he's really, really good. He narrated the audiobook. So no one has any excuse. It's super short, super cheap, and it's pretty much available for free in a few different articles, like every chapter is an article on libertyblocks.com. So if you want to really know, how like every system would work, all of our our most important systems would work once you succeed. It's free on libertyblocks.com. Buy the paperback book, listen to it on Audible for free. So there are so many ways to answer it. Yeah, it's, that's what I tell everyone when they say we have no plan. We have thought about this, um, and that's just one book. I bumped into Jason Sorens again the other day, and I, I commented that I didn't realize he wrote Secessionism a long time ago. Apparently, like 10, 20 years ago, he wrote a book on Secession. I still oh, wow. haven't read it. I got I got to swap books with him. But his wife said he's working on his next book. So, I mean, there are so many books about secession. Stephen Villiers has his own thing. And, um, you know, there are 5, 10, 20, 30 other books. Texas was very good, and it addressed some specifics as well, focus on Texas. But we think, we've thought about this. We've answered this question. Is there have been very smart people who have studied this for a long time, more than me. So saying we have no plan and we're just crazy cats. Uh-oh. Sounds like... Incorrect. Okay. on all counts. So uh, you cut out there for a second. You said saying we have no plan and we're just crazy crackheads. Is that what you said? Um, I don't know. Potheads and anarchists and cowboys. <laughs> yeah, just I, th- I think that we basically got the point of what you said was uh, we're not just it's not just crazy people who believe in chaos and they're just like, whatever, I don't care what happens. I just want to secede because I'm selfish or something. That's stupid. People have thought about this. There are plenty of resources that you can look into. And one of those is Alu's book. Um, articles of secession. So I just wanted to point that out since it didn't come to mind the other day when that caller called in. So it is Valentine's Day and I wanted to talk about dating apps because everybody knows that's where true love is formed. Really? Oh yeah, of course. Wow. Did, <laughs> did, did you meet Ian on a dating app, Bonnie? No. Really? That would have been basically Bonnie is a financial, I mean, a financial, I was going to say a financial advisor, no, a relationship coach. Oh, yeah, I'm not a financial advisor. I thought for a moment you were going to say she's a financial dominatrix. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I just hold. I cannot confirm or deny that. I hold all my money over Ian's head. That's that's what we're into. Um, I just think that totally some people have probably met on Tinder and are in love, and I don't dispute that at all. Sure. But I just think it's um, mostly a total waste of time. Well, I think that's maybe not what Tinder's for most of the time. Yeah, but right? there's also like hinges, like expressly Hinge, for yeah, relationships. Or um, Bumble. I think that's yeah. a, another like more vanilla one. Yeah. Like, um, relation, like actually trying to find relationships. And then there's like the ones that are kind of for like older people. Yeah, like, like Match.com. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the internet, not cell phone based ones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and... It's it's like I can't judge anyone for using them. I've gotten on them. There's been times in my life where I was just like bored. And especially when I lived in the middle of nowhere, it's like you don't just like easily run into men your age when you live in a town of 150 people in the middle of the desert. So the, the only problem is like every time I'd like be like, I'm going to see if there's someone out there I want to talk to on Tinder. It's like 
99% of the people weren't even somebody I would like, like just by looks alone or like their bio or whatever, were just like kind of like the lowest common denominator type people. Like I would always skip so many of them. And um, then like the rest of the people, they just are weird on there. I, I yeah. don't know. Like Utah is um, like the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Utah is a terrible place to like judge all of it off of. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely the middle of nowhere. Utah is it's kind of different than a city or anywhere else in the United but States. But then even in um, when I lived in San Antonio, like, no, it's just like not a normal place. I, I, I can't say like that. I, I, I'm not trying to judge anyone. I just can't say that like the average person is going to have very good luck on these sites. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Also, the thing to remember is the dating sites are rigged in such a way that 10% well, the top. 10% of men are going to be chased by the majority of the women. I don't know if that's really? rigged, though, because it's just like there are so many men I was skipping, like a hundred huh. to like one that I was like, okay. not even thinking is hot, but he was like, they're yeah. like not as disgusting as the rest. I hate to say so it. Maybe, it's not yeah, just looks either. Yeah, it's just like flooded with men, maybe. Because huh. maybe that's... Uh, that's probably what Because I've heard the that's... thing Riley's talking about, but I think it's not the like actual app that's doing it. Okay. I think that's just like the market. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I, I guess that would make more sense. I mean, here Bonnie's talking about all the people she's swiping left on or whatever, skipping past, and... And I guess that the people who are being ignored, the algorithm is saying, oh, well, we don't want to show these people anymore because. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's probably what it is. That's probably why people have said that before. I've heard uh, Jay Noon has talked about that on the show before, too. Um, I just think that. Well, the other thing is, like, honestly, I kind of do have high standards and it's not really about looks. Like, honestly, I consider myself a person who thinks about looks in men less than like the other other girls around me like i've never had like a celebrity male crush really yeah uh-huh. like i don't just go like oh he's hot it's like there are so many more important aspects to me like uh like in their personality and stuff and the the thing with me is like any little thing would give me the ick so easily like i'd be like i don't like the brand of clothes ew i don't like <laughs> tough like, crowd yeah yeah like my friend who was gay he would watch me and be like you're skipping so many hot guys and it's like okay but he also like did this or that or he's like in the military or just something like there yeah. any little thing could like you don't want a man in a uniform to tell you what to do no well not that one yeah, <laughs> yeah. not that uniform maybe a firefighter <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Ian should dress as a firefighter. Oh my god! I don't know why it's so so embarrassing. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I feel like there are definitely people who it's not like I'm saying they just have low standards, but they care more about like looks. I I don't know. And I think yeah, I guess everybody has their thing that they care about or the thing that attracts them, right? Like I had so many friends who would date like complete losers who were like jerks to them. I'm like, this guy has no money. He doesn't have, you know, like he's completely taking advantage of you, but like, what, like, where is the appeal? Um, and I think we just all have our type, I guess. And sometimes it's really confusing when I see like couples and I'm like, this guy sucks. Like, what are you, what are you doing with this guy? Right. I, I totally agree. There are definitely some the, people I know that are yeah in and relationships that I don't understand. They're probably like, well, he's hot. Or right. he's good in bed, like something that is like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it's like maybe not being abusive is like more important than how hot somebody is. I think, yeah, I mean, sometimes hot, hot people can be abusive or manipulative or a little weird. And uh, I think it goes back kind of to like the discussion we we're having in the last segment about like just like 
when you're used to you're like living unconsciously through patterns that uh mm-hmm. you're programmed when you're a child oh, yeah. whether it's your parents were in an abusive relationship or just the community you're around like everything that affected you when you're in the theta brainwave mm-hmm. uh stage at like zero to six years old could definitely influence who you think you deserve to be around or, or mm-hmm. just who you attract or who is attracted to you so this is from reuters reuters.com it says tinder and other match dating apps encourage compulsive use lawsuit claims lawsuit i know it's like why we... is that suable why, yeah. why should anyone be consumed be able to be sued for oh this is encourages encourages compulsive behavior well no yeah it's just exacerbating compulsive behavior yeah that's actually a good point riley and i think like my compulsive behavior is like that's my problem right yeah. why is that tinder's problem yeah and it's like Anything that people like can be used compulsively. Like, are people yeah. suing marijuana companies because that's used compulsively? Like, that's just the first thing yeah, came to I mind. Mean, Soda, yeah. you know. Sugar companies. Right. You know, or, or donut shops or coffee shops or things like that. Are they being sued because people drink coffee compulsively to stay awake in the morning? Right. And in yeah. the afternoon and yeah. for me. Sarah, have you ever used a dating app on your phone? You know, I I'm just off the market. I I don't do hardly not, nothing on the computers, but hmm, I see. I hear that people are crazy about that meeting people on the computer. Huh. So you don't want to meet someone through yeah. a computer? Well, I don't, I don't want to meet anybody because um I'm just I'm living with Raymond. That's enough headache to <laughs> for me to I don't need anything else. Yeah, I see. She's not ready to mingle. I just wanted okay. to know if you ever did use one, like, and if you had any success with it. No, I never did. Hmm. But you know what's funny? My my sister met her husband on the computer, and then they hit it off, and they they're still together. It's amazing. Nice. That is pretty amazing. Do you know if it was like Match dot com or something else? I don't know what website they were looking like singles website. I don't know. I don't even know what the, if they have to pay or anything. And then they like what each other had to say. I don't know what app the what site they were on, but I'm just kind of bewildered. And they got married and they're still together and they're really happy. <laughs> That's great. Like like I said, I, know, I, I didn't want to make it sound like it's not possible or anything like that. I just think because I don't know if you were listening, Sarah, but. There is a class action lawsuit and there that those um, dating apps, like the ones that you use on your phone to meet people, they're getting um, sued because those people just don't end up finding love as often, I guess. And they're, they're trying to say it's Tinder's fault. I just think it's ridiculous. Well, is it one of those that match, like the people that match you with your uh, personality? There's a website that, that are... Um... They actually figure, like, with your political view, your education hmm. level. I don't know if it's one of those. I don't know, but... but no, Tinder's not one together. of those websites. Yeah, Tinder doesn't do that. I'm not sure about Hinge or The League. I don't know if they do that, but I know that's, like, more of a Match.com yeah, thing. Yeah, or eHarmony or something like that. Yeah, I forgot about that Yeah, one. eHarmony and stuff like that. They actually met you by, by your personality type, right? How often you want to be with somebody, whether you're a... Possessive person, or you like a lot of time to yourself. Uh, that, hmm. Whether you want children, you don't want kids, you don't want to be matched up like that. So, yeah, those are like e harm. I wonder if those uh, are getting better with AI. Oh, that's really that's an interesting thought. 
Well, Sarah, is that what? Uh, did you have something you actually wanted to call in about? Yes, I I wanted to. They mentioned that that we had the West Side murders. They, you know, they we covered like eighteen women's body, and and then one of the women was pregnant, and they dug up eighteen bodies. But they're also saying that there's more eight more victim victims that could be tied to this murder. Hmm. And and then it's kind of I mean. So I guess they have some clues that there's other eight women uh, missing that somehow is kind of similarly tied to it. I don't I don't know how they. Is this in New that, Mexico, but... you said? Yeah, in New Mexico. Hmm. Yeah. On the west side. Um, yeah. They dug up the um, somebody found the bone and it happened to be women's bone. And, um, you know, I'm beginning to think that it could be. Um, yeah, I mean, like, um, like it could be a, um, not just one person doing it. It could have been like a bunch of guys doing it, like in like a party or something. Oh, that's terrible. You know? Because, yeah, um, it can be terrible. Um, a lot of times they will, um, connect crimes before it's completely solved just by like similar practices. Like, oh, this guy used a unique type of knife. And mm-hmm. we also noticed the same marks on these bodies that were found or, I, I don't know, like that, maybe the other bodies weren't found. So I don't know, they can um, match it based on like similar behaviors where the person type of person that went missing, blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't know. Um, that's pretty interesting. It is pretty interesting. And uh, I'm thinking, remember Ted Bundy? He always bit his victims and then they, they yeah, did yeah. his uh, bite. And all yeah. the people that he killed, he bit them. So it was that he they made him do um like a bite mark thing and it was exactly the bite. So that was kinda of stupid yeah. what he did. I know, I mean he left his mark on everyone so they could track that he's the one that did it behind it. So I, I don't know what so but the eight other ones are kinda of related but they have to they got the ground pretty much. I mean I don't think it's like a one person kind of a thing. Was it at a house where this body was found or like where? It was like um, way on the west side, kind of like out of town where they're building the new developments or something where people were walking around, but it's still not, um, it's not like nothing's built on it. still a lot of uh, land out. Hmm. So somebody was walking and then they found a bone and then it happened to be one of the women's bones and they wind up digging around there and they dug up 13 bodies and a lot of these women were missing yeah that's terrible yeah there um it kind of creeps me out a little bit like the desert like how easy it is to just like go missing and or, or just like get disposed of out there like when yeah. i lived in utah maybe riley maybe you've heard of this there actually i just remember that the boy's name was riley so <laughs> when i lived in utah there was this huge thing happening because the town nearest to where i lived was called tuella and yep. these two teenagers named Riley and Breezy, the girl was Breezy, but that was like her real name. It was her nickname. Uh-huh. They went missing. And I even thought about like joining the search group because it was like ongoing for so long. And they were searching like the desert near my house and stuff. So I just never was able to get to do it because eventually they found out that um, they were thrown into a old mine shaft that was like hundreds of oh feet under the gosh. ground. And the thing was like, they just slit their throat once and then threw them down there. <gasps> yeah, so they're probably that, still like conscious. Yeah, it's just can, like, why? Yeah, it, that can happen. That? It's really sad. It's You have to have a really cold heart to want to kill somebody. 
Nick, you have a story about a judge who is resigning? Yep. So this is a story from the AP, an Oklahoma judge who sent more than 500 text messages during a murder trial resigns. You'd think a murder trial, that sounds pretty important that maybe he would, uh, yeah, he, he or she would want to pay, pay attention. More, oh yeah, the, the judge would hopefully pay more attention to a murder trial. In Ian's case, we kept talking about how the judge looked like he was falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. He was literally wow. closing his eyes. Yeah. And like leaning his head back. It's so weird. So Oklahoma City, an Oklahoma judge agreed to step down Friday after she was caught sending hundreds of texts from the bench while overseeing a murder trial in the killing of a two-year-old boy, including messages that mocked prosecutors and were sprinkled with emojis. Oh my gosh. I didn't know if it was going to... Expose what the texts were. That's I wonder how they found out. Yeah, I wonder like, were they noticing that she was doing something on her phone and somebody got a like FOIA request because during um one of our um I I don't know this person lives in New Hampshire named Footloose one of his trials that Ian and I attended there were multiple cops there that weren't supposed to be communicating because they were all um what is the word not they were all testifying. So oh. witnesses, yeah. okay. you're not supposed to like contact, you be talking in the hallway and then all go testify. Yeah. So you have the story straight or something. Yeah. And um, he was saying, he was pointing out that one of them was like on their phone texting and uh, then another one picked up their phone. I Something like that. And he was like, I want to see what's on, what they're texting. And the judge just kept being like, move along, Mr. Footloose, yeah. whatever his last name is. Yeah. Move along is like. I mean, he has a good point. Like, yeah, they're, they're supposed to be sequestered. Isn't that like? And it's like no one else in the courtroom can have a cell phone. Well, in in New Hampshire, can... but not in um, federal. Yeah, in state court you yeah. can, oh, yeah, but not right, in yeah. federal court. Yeah. You, oh, the, really? The feds take your phone. They take your wallet. Vapes. From you. I think in most yeah. district courts too, they don't. I think it, I think it's like court by court. Because in, in New Massachusetts, Hampshire, all it's you can have your phones. Okay, all of them. Because um, yeah, in Massachusetts, some you can and some you can't. Yeah, I've heard that too from. I and I don't think it's person. a state law either. I think they just they they will like literally will just like put a piece of paper up and be like, put your phone in your because car. Technically, the judge even in New Hampshire can just say I'm not allowing phones. But I think that yeah. in New Hampshire, people have just like pushed back so much yeah. that they don't try to do stuff like that. Anytime I push back at all on something stupid they're trying to enforce on me in, in a court in New Hampshire, they usually fold. Yeah, it's yeah, it's probably not worth it for them. Mm-hmm. But going back to the story, District Judge Tracy uh, Soderstrom also agreed to not seek judicial office again in Oklahoma huh. under a proposed settlement agree- agreement Filed with the Oklahoma court on the judiciary. She had faced removal from the bench over accusations that included gross neglect of duty, oppression in office, lack of proper temperament, and failure to supervise her office. Wow. I wonder if that's all in regards to the text message thing or if this is like part of a bigger case. Yeah, like what she's all the time. And the. The text message thing was just like their clickbait title, maybe. Hmm. I guess uh, we'll find out. I promise to uphold the... Con- so this is a, a quote from Tracy. I promise to uphold the Constitution in a fair, even-handed, and efficient manner. 
Soderstrom said in resignation letter given to local media, I believe that I have done so. However, being human, I have also faltered. Oklahoma Supreme Court Chief Justice John Kane recommended uh, Soderstrom be removed following an investigation that uh, found she mocked prosecutors, laughed at the bailiff's comment about a prosecutor's genitals. What? Pra- I'm, and I'm wondering... What kind of courthouse so, is this? Yeah, yeah, was that part of the trial or was this just <laughs> a, in a private conversation? Oh, yeah, maybe the bailiff texted her about yeah. the prosecutor's genitals. Yeah, because oh, wow. I'm like, that'd be weird if they just said that in court. Yeah, That <laughs> would be a little weird, yeah. So she also praised the defense attorney and called the prosecutor's key witness a liar during the murder trial of Christian Tyler Martzal. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.